A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Wrestle Culture. It's coming home. It's coming. Wrestling's coming home. I'm Adam from What Culture, joined by Michael Hamlet and Adam Nicholas from What Culture, discuss all the goings on in wrestling this week and look ahead to NXT Takeover in your house this weekend. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course. On WrestleCulture, as I said, though, joined by Nicholas and Hamlet to discuss all the goings on in wrestling this week and sneak in a cheeky "It's coming home" reference just before England bugger up this entire tournament on Sunday. Anyway, gents, uh, Nicholas, how you doing, mate? I've not spoken to you in ages. I'm hot, and that's not an arrogant claim. That is, <laughs> I am just red hot. It's a, it's warm today, isn't it? Ooh. Those pasty kids, we don't fare too well in these uh, in these conditions. But I'm other than that, really good. Very excited about. Football, less so about hearing that song for forever. <laughs> but yeah, and also I like wrestling too, so that's why I'm here. What's your relationship with international football, Hamlet? Uh, strained. How long have you got? How long have you got? <laughs> strained. Um, my resentment for the the club game doesn't extend to the national game anymore. I like to sort of watch it at arm's length like at a distance mm. um the stench of carlin puts me off getting much closer but it was 2018 was the was the good one wasn't it yeah. first one in a while that was the good one and <laughs> i just happened, happened to watch the first england game round a mate's house with pizzas and beers that we bought on a special offer and because it went really well i was the first one to be like well we're gonna have to do this again and ended up seeing those mates like all the six or seven times with the same pizzas, the same beer. <laughs> I, I pretty much was round his house with a St. George's cross on my face by the end. Because <laughs> like, I'd been sucked back in by it into its gross maw. So I, like, that's my relationship with international mm. football. I'm able to um, not give a tiny toss during the friendlies and during the qualifiers. But yeah, like if things start going well, I'll be tiptoeing ever close at the telly for it, you know. Mm. 
It must be weird being one of the few people in the Watford office who was yeah. alive when we last won the World Cup, but still. Um, right, let's dive into some breaking news. Was it not like the first one? There's <laughs> so much like I could hear the start of that joke. Yeah. So much I could hear the cogs whirring as I was still talking. <laughs> so used to your rhythms now. It's nice to be on a podcast with Nicholas because we just never get together like this. So... Like it's more yeah. of a novelty for that than it is for like learning your jokes. From <laughs> oh God, we're not going to put me in a bin for being old. Here we go. It's not by accident. This. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's deal with relatively breaking news uh, coming out on today's Arresting Observer newsletter with uh, Meltzer seemingly to confirm confirming reports that WWE want the Rock for Survivor Series. Now pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not talking about him being in action at Survivor Series, but one would think that, you know, two and two make four here. They want him for an appearance at Survivor Series, potentially Michael Hamplet, one would have to assume, to set up the match, The Rock versus Roman Reigns, WrestleMania 38. Whisper it, but it could happen. I mean, I think you're being a bit optimistic there. I think he's going to come out and wear either a red or blue shirt and declare <laughs> brand loyalty to one of the shows. No, that's um, I, I didn't know that. And that's great because Survivor Series used to always, it used to foreshadow the road to WrestleMania. And then since the brand warfare era, they've kind of abandoned that principle. It used to be quite nice to get the first teasers of things that were going to be solidified around the Royal Rumble and built up again between then and WrestleMania. So I'm all in favour, if that's the case. If this is, look, the way WWE are promoting SummerSlam, it's like they want to make up for what they lost with two WrestleManias, with multiple other pay-per-views. It's going to be this huge, big deal in a 72,000-seater stadium. I'm all for them making their big shows as big as possible. And there's not much bigger than The Rock for the Survivor Series. The Survivor Series is typically the abandoned stepchild of the WWE's Big Four anyway. So it'd like add a bit of prestige to that. Um and yeah, I think the last time The Rock built something for the Royal Rumble or the Royal Rumble, a road to WrestleMania, like it was July and people were more than happy to be like, oh, in the Royal Rumble, I'm going to fight for the title. See you then. And he just, but like, <laughs> that was class. You had like CM Punk and whoever else he was feuding with effectively fighting for the right to wrestle The Rock at the Royal Rumble. So I've got faith that because it's The Rock, if he is coming back to build something, they'll have thought it all through, which doesn't happen very often anymore. So I, I really like the idea of that. I feel very guilty about this, Nicholas, because I The Rock is my favourite wrestler of all time. He was the guy who got me into wrestling when I was growing up. I love him. I've never been able to see him perform, obviously, live. Uh, not that I'm suggesting that I'll be there front and centre for WrestleMania 38, but, you know, just seeing back in the ring is fantastic. But it speaks volumes that when Phil and I were reporting on this news, I was like, cool, yeah, bring him in, then feed him to Roman at WrestleMania 38. Yeah, I mean, that's what you'd, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, mm. I don't want him to come back and beat him. I know that much. <laughs> like, um, well, just, you know, some context for you then. Sometimes seeing The Rock in person isn't as exciting as you thought it was going to be, <laughs> especially when he's setting his own name on fire as a replacement for the fact that the WrestleMania in Dallas is maybe not going to be as good as you wanted it to be um, and take up, what, 30 minutes while he set his own name on fire. That was pretty good, that. So, as you can tell, I love The Rock. I love The Rock. But I just, when stuff like that happens, I find it real difficult. I would be very excited, though. I would want him to do pamphlets, right? I'd want him to just come back, set a thing up, and then go away. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, he's people would be into that enough that they would come for that, wouldn't they? Like, it's not like you need him to be there every week, going through his shtick in the back, 
running people down, squashing people, writing stuff on his wrist, the whole shit. But no, thank you. You do Hollywood. We'll see you at the big one and you can get your shout out and you can put your name on fire and we'll have a nice time and then you can go home again. Yeah, it just it does feel like the potential now for the next few months you know we've been poo-pooing we for quite some time but phil and i on a story that probably took two minutes to actually report on spent 10 minutes speculating about cena and roman and that path towards wrestlemania let's talk a little bit about it now actually um more developments this week more suggestions by uh, andrew zarian of the brilliant matt men pro wrestling podcast uh that cena could well be on the cards. They want to make SummerSlam WrestleMania caliber, I think was the terminology that they used. Uh, do you think he could return for SummerSlam? Is that the, the logical step next for, for the head of the table, Adam Nicholas? Um, maybe. I, I, I would like... I think there's there's a few matches you want to see Reigns have, don't you? Like mm. there's, And these are certainly names on the list. Just because you want to see him tick them off. And if he's... I don't need him to be legitimised even more, but those matches are going to be money. You haven't seen John Cena in a wrestling ring for ages. You haven't seen The Rock for even longer. If those are the people Roman Reigns is going to put the, to the sword and sort of legitimise himself even further, yes, please. Like, yes, goddamn, please. They've both got money written all over them. You can't tell me you wouldn't be excited to see John Cena and Roman Reigns, especially someone was posting the... Um, do you remember the promos from them two going at it? Mm. Like... Was it 2018, mm. I want to say, maybe 2018? Like, what a weird time that was. And what a strange contrast, I think. Like, Roman, while he did get some good hits in, did at times look drastically out of his depth. Well, John Cena was like, here's why I'm the best still, and you're not very good, and people are still booing you. Like, I don't think that would be the same thing these days, because Roman, I feel like Roman could stand there and do a promo with him, no problem now. And he'd, I'd believe him. So, I don't know, I think it would just be a better fit across the board. Yes, please. More of that. More of that for me, please. Roman looks 20 years younger in those senior yeah. paths, doesn't he? He is getting put well in his place by him. Um, Brock. Uh, so like Brock, the Rock, or excuse me, John Cena and the Rock make up a holy trinity of Roman Reigns opponents, don't they? You've got mm. the Rock, you've got John Cena and you've got Slapjack. And obviously if he's busy, you can do Brock Lesnar as well. <laughs> and like, that's that sort of, for whatever reason, they've kind of like found themselves being these three that people in various different orders, and there's lots of different ways you could do it. But this feels like this holy trinity of people that Roman Reigns needs to crush. Mm. Um, and I think it's quite interesting that all of them at one point or another have been there to make Roman and failed to do it because the fans weren't ready to receive him as such. You've got The Rock raising his arm at the Royal Rumble. You've got John Cena in that feud and the match, which like really underwhelmed. It was that No Mercy in 2017 where they went with them two and Brock and Braun. And it was supposed to be this big night where the two big stars got made and they failed on both counts. Mm. And obviously the minging Brock Lesnar matches, uh, well, Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania, the 31 one with Seth was pretty good, but like the, the WrestleMania 34 debacle where Brock threw the belt of Vince after yeah. the fact. Like profound failures in making Roman Reigns um, when this company used to do that. You've got a second bite with all three. So whichever order you run them in, I think it's like a golden opportunity to just further cement Roman as the guy he, he, like he clearly is now. Um, and a great op like a great way to use these matches as WWE just gets its fans back. It will present the company as the biggest in the world to do this when the, I think when fans come back, they're going to look like that position is under threat because I sense the audiences are far more feverish for AEW's product than they will be WWE's. And you're going to get the silent audiences on rollback pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. these three may 
is will present WB as the, the biggest dogs in this yard for a little while longer. I love the fact that they had the Rock, Brock, Cena. That all failed. And then they just went, oh, it's Jey Uso. That was the solution. Do <laughs> that. But yeah, speaking of Brock there, uh, Hamflet reports this week again saying, oh, no, he's, he's not he's not down for, for SummerSlam. I immediately said this was a work because WWE doesn't think about SummerSlam generally until Money in the Bank's signature comes up in the bottom the night line. before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, could could Brock come back? And yeah, does he factor into that that path to WrestleMania? When we were talking about it with Phil, I had this fantasy booking of like Cena at SummerSlam, Brock at Survivor Series, and Brock winning the World uh, WWE Championship at some point, whether as a heel or a face, and already bothers me. Um, then we sort of stumbled into Edge at the Royal Rumble, which would be a lovely, you know, mm. callback to everything. And then obviously, yeah, uh, the Rock versus Roman at at, uh, at WrestleMania 38 in Texas, of all places. But yeah, what do you what do you think about Brock Lesnar potentially returning and being a part of that? I love stories of Brock Lesnar not coming back more than I do ones here in confirming is a like his return because they're either a work or they're real and Brock's going to just get even more money off Vince McMahon to do it. Like it's it's a win-win. I'm either being worked and it's fun and it's going to be a surprise or Vince McMahon's going to have to get back on the phone and pay that mountain man even more to leave his house. When, as I think I said to you, one of the podcasts we'll on, like the pandemic must have been an ideal existence for Brock Lesnar. Like he must wish this was how the entire world worked. <laughs> so like he's going to be demanding even more to have to return to it. Like we're all desperate for our vaccinations and pubs and everything like that. He's just going to want more money to have to leave his ranch. <laughs> so I hope that this news that he's not working SummerSlam is a shoot and they're going to have to get back on the phone. Um, if not SummerSlam, really soon. He's a draw. He's maintained his value in a way that so few have. Vince McMahon respects how much Brock resents him and his organisation. He does. <laughs> like, he doesn't know how to respect people that respect him. He just, he feeds off somebody buying him. Um, so, yeah, if not SummerSlam, uh, you know, 2022 um, at the absolute latest. I think they will get him for SummerSlam. I, the more I read about Nick Khan's desire to make this show every bit as big as WrestleMania, if not bigger, Sun's out, Las Vegas, potential 70,000 people, Cardi B, like that's got like Brock Lesnar money willing to be spent on it. I like that's my speculation, but like they'll spend money on everything else to make this massive. What do you reckon, Nicholas? Well, they did just get shot at Braun, who had a hellish wage, didn't he? So you might think, why not just transfer that money straight into Brock's bank account <laughs> just to be like, hey, well, you didn't work that time we tried to launch you and you missed that <laughs> one spot of with with Brock where he was like, right, well, I'm not doing this match anymore. He has a good knee to the face or a punch to the gut or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, like, why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't you is the better question because all these times we hear that Brock isn't coming. Like, it's wonderful to think that Vince is having to just suffer a little bit, isn't it? Like, <laughs> think about, like, you know, I come from a very lucky position where I'm not you two, so I don't have to sit, sit and watch every single episode of Monday Night Raw and review it and go through it. No matter what happens, rain, the good lads are there producing the good content about the bad content. <laughs> I don't I don't get that. But the, the wonderful thing about that is, is that the show is so bad that it needs these things. It needs like a Brock every now and again to come back. But like Vince is desperate. <laughs> He'll be desperate to make this good. And the thought of him having to go through a little bit of pain, I'll say a lot of pain, hopefully, 
brought up Brock really just making them work for it. Might just make up for all that suffering you two have had to do. And Sid as well, to be fair. And I think that would be quite nice, don't you? <laughs> just, I love the idea that Brock Lesnar, like I said, he won't read it, somebody will read it for him, is given the news that Braun Strowman has been released and then just sends his PayPal link to Vince over text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. PayPal.me forward yeah. slash Brock. <laughs> Uh, oh man Nicholas you mentioned Raw there you know it's meant to be the light and fun show on a Friday so we'll keep this brief did you nope that main event (laughs) nope I haven't watched an episode of Monday Night Raw Adam Wilborn as we are very honest about them yeah in a very long time because I don't need to but I will always look at the galleries and always flick through and it's always better than anything I could ever have watched on screen I'm assuming this is Shayna Baszler and the doll, right? Is that what yes. it was? Yeah. The pictures were bad enough. Um, normally, I enjoy the galleries. I like I like flicking through and making up the story in my head. <laughs> um, but no. <laughs> I mean, every time I see Shayna Baszler, I get a little bit sadder because we all know what Shayna Baszler is capable of. And yes, a doll. Mm. How how was it for you? Did you both have a nice? I assume Tuesday was a really good day for you both. <laughs> God, yeah. it, 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 and it's not one of those things where you go, oh, maybe it was just bad because I was grumpy and it was early on a Tuesday morning. It hasn't changed. It's not aged well. Hamlet, has your opinion changed of what happened in the main event of Raw with with Little Miss Blizz, whose name I can't say because of the thing in my room that listens out for her name, uh, with Shayna Baszler, and of course I forget to mention Hamlet the other. Uh, aspect of this there was there was Baszler there was Bliss and of course there was um as uh as your thoughts changed Hamlet since Monday the last time you had to listen to that thing what do you think mate like absolutely not as we talked about on the review because you know we've it's really lovely that people people are telling us with increasing regularity on Twitter that they've stopped watching Raw and just listened to us talk them through it instead because why would they bother? And like, I, th- I think I appreciate that. I think they're taking the piss out of us a little bit as well. But I think I appreciate the fact they just think, oh, I'll just, I'll just go along with what like Will Bourne and Dadley say on a Tuesday morning to inform whether or not I should even bother with the highlights. That segment was immune to having the piss ripped out of it because it, like, it went beyond parody. It was too thick. It was too inane. Um, I can't imagine... I'd, I was five when I couldn't stop staring at the Ultimate Warrior. Do you know what I mean? I, I just can't imagine a kid. <laughs> Try 15, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I say I was five, I'd, I'd like never stopped. It's been like 31 <laughs> years. It's still my desktop. I, I, I cannot fathom. I watch a lot of children, uh, a lot of television that is catered for children of being five years old. Mm. A lot. And Raw is worse than all of it. Like, I'm sitting there admiring the narrative of something on CBBC, thinking, I wish I had that to talk about on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> like, I, that sounds flippant, sounds like a piss take. It's not. Like, something happens at the start of the episode, right? There's a bit of conflict. And then by the end, there's some resolution and there's some payoff and you know a bit more about the characters and you've appreciated the narrative structure. Like, five-year-olds need that too. They mm. need to see, like, a story played through. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't put my kids through that. I couldn't make them sit through three hours and then be like, well, all right, dad. So like, is he going to get him next week? Probably not, son. You'll probably never hear about it again. Oh, I think I'll just go play outside. Yeah, I wish I'd made that choice as well, but here we are. So what What essentially you're saying is we need to do a Peppa Pig podcast, is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, I... And then we'll know for sure 
<laughs> and just be like, here's a nice hour that we'll all enjoy. <laughs> I hate, I bloody hate Peppa Pig. Not the show, the the character. That is, acknowledge me. She, she, she people don't acknowledge her on that show. She, as the head of the table, she, she messaged me. <laughs> I've never watched an episode of Peppa Pig in my life. And now I really wish I had because that sounds amazing. All about her, like George Pig or Daddy Pig's got something going on. She's like, yeah, out of the way. It's all about all about the real star of this show. Well, the, the show is not called George Pig, is it? It's called it Peppa know. Pig. Should we call <laughs> The Pigs? Is what it should be called. The Little, Pigs. Little George Esau under a thumb. <laughs> Mummy pig, ain't nobody's bitch. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake, man. Oh. Oh, anyway, uh, also this weekend, England are in action at the Euros, European Championships. Football. Um, but also it's NXT TakeOver. Me and Hamlet are going to do a, a fully-fledged preview uh, out tomorrow. So instead, I'm going to turn to our other uh, NXT fan on this podcast, how are you feeling about NXT? Have you been been keeping up with it as much as as you you previously did? Because I I feel like it's really turned a corner since since it went back to it went since it went to Tuesdays. This is like becoming a nice segment on the show. This isn't it, where we check in to see did Adam Nicholas watch any <laughs> wrestling this week? And the the answer on this occasion is I haven't watched more NXT because I'm I'm waiting for the what I'm doing is I kind of made this rule. Me and Hamlet spoke about it. The pay per view. It's probably going to be pretty good, right? That's what kind of hoping that. And I've heard that the show has turned the corner, which is even better. Again, just listen to these two. If anybody's listening, just listen to these two and say we've talked about wrestling. That's what you that's what you need in your life. That'll be fine. But then if you watch it as well on their recommendation, you'll probably have a good time as well. I haven't done either of those things, but <laughs> but <laughs> what I will say is that like I'm I am very intrigued by all the matches on the pay-per-view. Hmm. Like, despite the fact I haven't seen it. And I'm, I'm informed every week by Mr. Hamlet in a little side DM of most of the good things and bad things that happened on the show. And it sounds like things have gotten better. Mm. It really does. And I, if the pay-per-view is good, then maybe, just maybe, they'll get me back. Who knows? But, you know, having just watched, I've just seen that Triple H interview where he just went a bit like, well, <laughs> if you don't want to watch it, don't. Well, shock horror, Paul, let me tell you. I don't. I haven't been. I opted out because it was that bad. And like had t- taken such a poor turn, but now of course as I've moved away, I'm reliably informed it's good again. So there you go. If you had to take a guess, uh, I think I think we all kind of agree that Raquel Gonzalez probably retains that NXT Women's Championship in, in mm-hmm. what is quite possibly going to be match of the night with uh, with Ember Moon. Um, if you had to guess, I'll just I'll just pick two. Who leaves as the million dollar champion between Cameron Grimes and LA Knight in that ladder match? And oh, come on. A fatal five-way for the NXT Championship. Carrying Cross, mm-hmm. Cool Cal O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. Um, who's your money Pete on for that Dunn. one as well? Well, first of all, can we just talk about how mint it is? Like, again, the galleries are great. I go to the galleries every week, and I saw the, the images. I've been watching the evolution of Ted DiBiase week by week, <laughs> and I've been thoroughly enjoying it from my vantage point. You can tell me if it's actually good and hitting the spot or not. I assume it is. Um I really, 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 and I've only seen a limited amount of them before I like, stopped uh, watching weekly. Really not into LA Knight at all. Like, at all. Ever. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for me. So, and I think because that's the crack, I think he's going to end up getting... Like, I, I don't want him to. I would like to be Cameron Grimes, but 
I just feel like they're going to do that and then I'm going to end up not watching it on the weekly basis. <laughs> In terms of the fatal five, the, the five way, um, is it elimination or is it just fatal five way? Like five way as far as I'm aware. Yeah, five way. Ooh. Um, I mean, it, you know, there's five lads in there. It feels like they've went, we'll just put them all in across and then you can just beat them all. I'll be worried about where that would leave them, but I guess from a man who hasn't been watching for the weekly tells, that would be, I would just imagine that's what it's going to be and we're going to be watching him. He stacked all four of them on top of each other <laughs> <laughs> and pinned them. But you tell me, what's the, uh, what's the, if you had to put your fingers up in the air and figure out what the wind is, which ones are you going to go for in that match? Well, I'm, I'm biased. Cameron Grimes, I want, I want to hold the, the million dollar mm, championship. Me too. Great, very much great so. Piece, a great piece of booking for it, but I'll save that for tomorrow's podcast. But Hamflat, you've got a really interesting theory about that fatal five way. Well, yeah, but like it's all, it's all a little bit informed by real life more than the narrative tells. As Nicholas said, that he's maybe like you've, you've not missed a great deal. Like the product is pretty good, but the 2020 NXT this main event, it is just they've kind of mm. found a way to make a multi man out of what appeared to be quite a boring singles match. Yeah, um, I'd like Cross to lose. I'd, I'd rate him as a performer or as a champion, and it's just based on a hunch that he might be main roster bound ultimately, but. I'm following my heart and Adam Cole's returned over the last two weeks and felt like the biggest star on the show by a mile. And with NXT so close to crowds again, you have the possibility of the guy with the best probably call and response relationship of anybody in the whole company that could hold your title again, that could appear in front of a crowd for that first all important takeover back. Like that first takeover, we're going to see what NXT has lost in the fire of the Wednesday night war. And we're going to see if the new takeover still feels like an old one in front of a crowd again. And I can't think of anybody better to headline that thing than Adam Cole as champion. And I'm more than willing to give them a second go. I hated the stand and deliver match, but Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly for the belt at the first takeover in front of a crowd feels right to me. Hmm. It feels just like this, the ultimate in fan service matches, especially if you give old Glastonbury himself the win at the end, like just make it nice and make it right and make people feel good about this brand. I'm not so sure carrying cross as a champion that will make people feel that good. So I'm letting head heart rule head because as well, the fatal five way permits carrying cross to pin anybody and win this match. You can quote unquote protect O'Reilly, uh, Cole Gargano's there to get pinned. Let's be honest. Like if he loses, he's there to be pinned easily by carrying cross. So you can just do a lot of protecting and that's boring. You know, that's like, it's non-committal and I just, yeah, I would just like to see something different at the top of the card because I think that main event's been a, in a bit of disarray for quite a while now. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, if you want to know our thoughts on the whole show, including Mercedes Martinez versus Zaya Lee, as I mentioned, Rafael Gonzalez versus Ember Moon, and that winner-takes-all six-man tag team match, which, oh, on paper looks absolutely sensational. Bronson Reed and MSK, just fantastic uh, tag team champions, MSK and Bronson Reed, of course, the new North American champion, taking on Legado del Fantasma, Raul Mendoza, Joaquin Wilde and Santos Escobar. Our preview of that will be out tomorrow. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. But before we get to this week's hashtag bloody good quiz, I've got one question for you, Michael Hamflet. Are WWE fans to blame? Because that seems to be what Triple H was suggesting in that media call ahead of TakeOver this week. Uh, Yeah, I just would like to take this platform that you've gifted me here to apologise to everybody listening for the state of Monday Night Raw in particular. Um, I will take total responsibility for the Shayna Baszler and Alexa Bliss and Dolph closing segment for the fact that the storylines make no sense for the fact that Drew McIntyre's a winning bitch now. Um, I'm just really, really sorry. And I can only hope, along with all of us, I guess I'm speaking on behalf of all of us as fans, that we've just got to try and do better for you. Well, it's, it's, it's on us, guys. Come on, rally round a little bit. Listen to Uncle Paul and let's see if we can just work through these times together and what we have broken. Um, now, nah, like that guy, like with all the energy of 2003, absolutely that guy. A ludicrous thing to say in a fluffy, right, those fluffy press conferences he does before a takeover that are just there to put himself over because once upon a time, people actually liked this product like more than anything else in wrestling. So he thought, I'm going to open this up to the media because they like me. After after all these years, they finally like me. So he does these press conferences. He gives these BT bus lanyard mark journalists that are ill-trained for the role. And they sit on a conference call with him and they're supposed to, you know, like just like blow smoke up those giant nostrils of his. And then he does this and he takes the attention away from in your house. This is not PR for in your house. This is old school internet flaming torch for Triple H stuff. It's brilliant for somebody that was like relishing this back at like 20 years ago. It's a nice flashback to a different time. Um, It's great. He's shown his ass and it's just nice every now and then when he does, because he lives in this bubble that he kind of gets to like immunize himself from the criticism this process can 
roll out the WWE cliches. And I think just for a split second, he's let his frustrations get the better of him. Um, others do it. You know, Chris Jericho's been guilty of this in the past. It's always really funny. We can laugh at them all. We're punching up. We're punching about as high up as we possibly can when we have a pop at these guys having these little wobbles. Um, it, like, everybody can see through it now. The, he makes these comments and no longer do people go along with him as this saviour, I don't think. I think people hear them and they see straight through them, especially in contrast. And I'm not the biggest backer of Tony Khan and Cody Rhodes. Like, I don't think I've made my feelings sort of hidden on those two guys. But when they talk about the audience, they talk them up and they say, thank you for watching. We want to keep entertaining you. We want to keep impressing you. Like, have standards when you review our show. Like, that's the difference. And Triple H, in finally taking a few blows for the first time on this product, has failed to, like, open his arms and say, okay, hands up, yeah. We're going to do better by you. He's gone down the oldest of Vince McMahon routes, and it's quite fun. It's been quite fun to see. Yeah, before I get your thoughts on it, Nicholas, if you're unaware, this is what uh, a, a, a bridged version of what Triple H said on this media call. Do you like it or do you not like it? Just watch it or don't. Stop trying to figure out where everything goes. He continues, the fans ruin their own stuff half the time, trying to figure out where everything goes and why it's going there and how, and then picking up their phone and searching for the thing to find out what it is, and then they can ruin it for themselves so they're not surprised when it happens. I don't understand that. I'm thrilled with what the brand is. I'm happy with where it is. Do I want it to get better? Yes. Do I want it to grow? Yes. Do I want it to expand? Yes. But again, people will take this line, use it out of context. It's a marathon, not a sprint, blah, 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 basically. But yeah, we ruin it for ourselves, Adam Nicholas, apparently, by, well, our jobs and, and our spare time, passionate you know, defence of this business and this company. Yes, I read this today and thought, oh, there he is. It's, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, but there he is. It's nice to see he's showing his colours. As much as everybody is like, you know, for a long for the longest time, before all these Wednesday night wars and before NXT was live and it used to just be the tape stuff or you'd get whatever, I was like, I feel like I might be one of the only people in our office who was watching it week by week religiously, stuck by this product because in my eyes, it was worthwhile sticking by it. Like they might have quieter patches, but they were producing good stuff and forever and a day it was good. And everyone at that point, I distinctly recall it, if you went anywhere near Triple H's name in articles or in videos on our uh, content, he was like this sacred cow because he'd, because he'd done NXT, because he made NXT and it was good. It was, it was a hard thing to broach, even though we all know what our good friend Paul is actually like. So to hear this now and to see like anybody surprised by this, I feel like she hasn't obviously been paying attention at all. Like... I'm calling this now in like 10 years' time, and I'm really sorry to everybody who loves him. You're going to see one of these by Cody, who's going to do something similar. <laughs> He's going to have a wobble like this because they aren't like, yes, wrestling's great, but when when you finally, like the young books bailing on Twitter back in the day, because just suddenly everybody who they thought was it, like in love with their style of wrestling or their product they're producing said a couple of bad things, a couple of bits of criticism, and they were like, right. No more Twitter. Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs> Off they went. And that was the end of it. Like, this, reading this from Triple H, I genuinely thought for a minute I'd honestly clicked onto one of Phil's uh, KFAB news things because it didn't feel like, <laughs> it didn't feel like, what's that a benefit from him doing that? I don't understand. I don't understand what that does for him or indeed the people who are going to be on his show who are now essentially the heels in this because like, 
he's just basically shot all the fans. Can't wait to see your fans, but we hate you. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? What? I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not surprised at all. But uh, yeah, nice to see that Triple H is back in full force. You know what it is? It's almost like you shouldn't have hired your mates to come in and ruin a perfectly good product. Eh? Almost like that, that product was working real good until you started bringing your stupid mates in and your DX and your sucky and your... Shut up, Paul, you idiot. <laughs> Sorry, Will. There was a line that got lost as well because obviously this fume at the fans was piss funny. But you made this remark. Somebody else asked a question um, about the fact that a lot of people just stay on NXT now and that, you know, television has changed that and do you think that's affected the brand? And he just like started inventing old criticisms so that he could counteract them. He said something like, um, uh, you know, back in the day, people used to whinge that guys weren't around long enough and now they're whinging that they're too long. And I was like, yep, yeah, I definitely remember whinging about how this was the fluid and enjoyable roster that they had and they had this brilliant way of, of uniquely like backfilling the talent. Oh yeah, I used to hate it when guys would have perfect stories and then disappear off the main roster having completed their arc. What a nightmare that was. Like, <laughs> He's <laughs> just invented a complaint of a really good time. So lovely, it's almost like, like, he do, do, like, like he doesn't watch his own product, isn't it? Like in a weird way, he's sitting there making everybody else not watching. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I think it was this week. Uh, Alexander Wolf was talking about how you know it's everyone's stories are different, obviously. But he said Triple H warns NXT about complacency on the main roster, and it's like. As with this, I think you're pointing the finger at the wrong person there. Like, <laughs> yes, you know, Alexander Wolf, I think he himself held up his hands and said, you know what? Yeah, maybe I got a little bit lazy. I wasn't trying as hard as I was, and I was maybe just spending too much time in catering. But at the end of the day, like, I remember it was one of the you know, first things we were talking about when I first joined What Culture. Them going, right, Sanity's coming to the main roster in a bit because we've got some legal problems that's been sorted out okay here they are uh they're gonna lose a bit and then they're gonna, it's not really the same that you saw in nxt but uh well, there they are oh well you could put mckay you're in oh you're just being lazy now look at you bugger off it's like just imagine him sitting down like the iconics and heavy machinery before their call-ups and saying like now whatever you do when you get up there the old man hates tag teams don't let him split you up you're too good together like flash forward two years, and Vince is like, "Yeah, you are done." And they look to Triple H three seats along, and he's just there, like with a bit of a shrug, <laughs> like can't help them in the slightest. This is what the problem is, isn't it? He's not like he can't have a go at Dad, can he? No. He can't. He can't go to Dad and say, "Will you just stop messing me stuff up? Will you stop messing <laughs> this up? Will you stop splitting me teams up? Will you stop doing nothing with me? You're taking me top stars and doing nothing with them. I always think back to that night when Vince just went, yeah, we'll have Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, <laughs> Champa and Ricochet and we'll put Champa and Gargano in a tag team despite the fact they've been feuding furiously for the last Sonic. And he looked like the saddest little boy in the world. But he couldn't do anything about it. And it's funny as out because he can't do anything about it. But like in the same instance here, yeah, this is him put like just putting it on the fans. Like he can't go and sh like angrily shout at dad's face because he's upset about the fact that these things happen. And arguably, probably hasn't had a knock-on effect on his product. Him being forced to go and chase the ratings against AEW and stop them from doing as well has had an effect on the product. And ultimately, people who watched for ages, myself included, just got bored of it. It just got tired of seeing the show they used to love get sullied. So you just were like, well, why am I going to do that to myself? So he's angry. He's completely and utterly angry at daddy and he can't do anything about it. So it must be our fault. It must be. 
it's also astonishing to read the reports today of potentially even more WWE releases. We're not going to get into that again today. Um, but the fact that part of that is a rumour where, as if WWE haven't got enough bad press with this and everything that's been going on, that they are going, yeah, we'll, we'll release all these people, but then they're free agents, so we can offer them new contracts for less money than what they were getting paid before. It's like, you cynical bastards. And it, 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 well, what do you reckon to it all, Nicholas? What I reckon to it all is that what we should really be talking about now, right now, is Mako Satamura. That's what I reckon we should be yes! talking about. That's what I want to talk about on Friday with for technically 10 minutes of my day to go. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the fact that Mako Satamura is the new NXT Women's Champion. NXT UK Women's Champion, rather. And it's about goddamn time, I think we can all agree. Yes, seconded. I... Can't pretend I like the match as much as the first one. No, I would agree with that. Um, the first one was a, a bit of a banger and they, they probably got the booking wrong in hindsight. I Mako will do her best to make that title valuable, but ultimately it's an NXT UK belt. We said it about Walter, we say about the women's one. Yeah. Like when you're hardly ever defending it or it's virtually valueless, really the length of time you hold it is the only thing that's worth it. And I don't really want anyone to take it off Mako. I, I don't want to say like, don't sleep on the NXT UK women's division because I'm going to sound like a bad faith actor, but like maybe don't sleep on it because it looks like they're about to sign B Priestley. Uh, Amelia McKenzie is going to have some like bangers with Mako. And I imagine now they'll put Kaylee Ray on the like goodbye NXT UK tour ahead of bringing her to proper NXT. Mm. So like there might actually be some, something worthwhile from that hideous, ugly product. Um, and nice, actually, as we approach the anniversary of speaking out, if it's a product that just mostly celebrates as women rather than most of the gross, vile men that permeate it. Mm. So if nothing else, maybe this is a sign of some nice things to come from that product that otherwise I would never in good faith recommend to anybody to watch. Yeah, fantastic news about Mika Satamora. And uh, yeah, let's just move on, in fact, from talking about WWE and their horrible business practices, because that's a lovely note to conclude our discussions on. So enough of all that. It's now time for a bloody good quiz. And this week's quiz is brought to you by Reginald Fairfield. Reginald Fairfield. Uh, if you want to leave us a, uh, a review and have your name associated with the hashtag bloody good quiz, subscribe to What Culture Is Thing. Leave us a review on iTunes, just like definitely real Reginald Fairfield, who left us a one-star review and said, unfortunately missable, meh. So thanks for that, Reginald. <laughs> <laughs> Don't encourage these, man. Like People who want to get read out for a one-star are now. You'll, like, yeah. you'll, you'll knacker us in the charts. We've already I, got Jeff Jarrett leaving us in the dust. I'll tell you what, tell you what you need to do, okay, is you need to leave us, slag us off all you want, but just put five stars at the beginning. And suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for the five star review review. Because I can't believe, by the way, that this was the week pamphlet that we reviewed. I'm not sure if you you know about this, uh, uh, Nicholas. We reviewed the Triple H. I'm going to go online and tweet about this and I'm going to stop watching. And he does the same thing this week, pamphlet. <laughs> Great, that. Bit of a hashtag LTST for the fans. That's what that was. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyway, I got very carried away. Um, and 
the news about the rock. I threw all the plans for the quiz out the window uh, and just found some quizzes about the what rock we can do. Uh, loads of great quizzes up at whatculture.com. Um, so if you want to do that sort of thing, but usual rules, 10 questions, shout your name, multiple choice, wait for me to come to you. And it's just, sorry, as Adam Nicholas puts his quiz glasses on. <laughs> well, I might as well get some kind of pop out of the two years because it's the only thing I'm going to get from this quiz, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's man versus machine, Nicholas versus Hamlet. The fossil versus the young up-and-comer. <laughs> I feel like I should do like a gladiator's John Anderson, like... Nicholas, you can answer after my first whistle. Hopefully you can answer it's, after my... It doesn't matter what whistle, he's still going to win. <laughs> okay, uh, question number one. Which of the following were not part of the Survivor Series 1996 team The Rock debuted as a part of? Jake Roberts, Mark Merrow, Goldust, or the stalker Barry Windham? Uh, Goldust. It was... Gold dust. What the bloody hell were they dressing the rock as at, at Survivor Series? Uh, Tatanka, pretty much. <laughs> blue. He was, he was a he was a blue. He was blue. <laughs> blue. Do you get it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, question two. Again, right. These are. I'm just going to say this now to cover my ass. This is from a quiz at whatculture.com. You don't have to necessarily get the correct answer. You've got to get what this tells me the correct answer. It's nice. Who did The Rock defeat to win his first intercontinental title? Nicholas. I think that was Nicholas. I don't even know this. I have no idea, but I'm going to guess. It was Triple H. Hamlet is nodding his head. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, don't tell me this question is wrong. Of a cry take. Ah. Two questions in. All right. Good this because ironically it was Triple H, but in this case we can blame the fans. For it <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's been getting... a forgettable run. <laughs> the one time I'm like, I'll just rely on someone else to release the, the bloody good quiz. The <laughs> one time. Don't you give me the one the time. One, the first and only. <laughs> I use this as a, as a resource. Right, where are we? According to this quiz, it was Sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I suppose technically no, even that's wrong. What a load of bollocks. Yeah, come on. You know that you know that um you know that Triple H stands for Hunter Hearst Helmsley, right? Is that what's written down? No, it says <laughs> Owen Hart. He didn't win it from Owen Hart either time. So he, he lost it to Owen Hart, yeah. He lost his first belt to Owen Hart. Is that the next question? Sorry. <laughs> question. I hope so. Owen Hart, Nicholas, Owen Hart. <laughs> right, I, I think I know this one. Question three. Who did The Rock replace as the leader of the Nation of Domination? Was it? Hamlet. Oh, Brown. Oh. oh, sorry, I was answering. It was me. It was Hamlet. Yeah, it was, um, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> Farouk. It was indeed Farouk. <laughs> that, that gif of that lanky white kid with glasses. That's me. That's 100% me. <laughs> uh, okay. Question number... Four. Where are we? There we go. Uh, the Rock became the youngest WWE champion in history at Survivor Series 1998. But how old was he? 24, 25, 26, or 27? Ooh. Nicholas. Don't know this. Was it 25? 
It's not 25. Ooh. What are the options again, please? Uh, 24, 25, 26, or 27? I'll go 27. He was 26. Yeah. Down the middle. Down the middle. Uh, okay. I mean, according to that quiz master, we should probably fact check it. Question five. Who did The Rock face in his WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania 13? Humphrey. Oh. The Sultan. It was the Sultan. Of Sui? <laughs> <laughs> it was Cesaro in a week. <laughs> oh, God. Shout out to some nonsense fantasy booking on our SmackDown preview for the explanation of that crap gag. Yes, uh, my pitch this week for um, returning to SmackDown to, to attack Seth himself <laughs> is Seth Rollins goes up to what he thinks is the back of hey, Kayla. Kayla Braxton and his Cesaro in a <laughs> You know, how you know, up in the office, he, Nicholas. Is, is he sitting down? <laughs> you know, when Dwight's got the wigs in the yeah, office. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> we worked yeah. out that Cesaro's got wigs for everybody. Yeah. What was that? I quite like that idea, to be honest with you. I don't know what scenario we'd have to be in for Seth to be like, God damn it, Kayla, have you been working out? <laughs> <laughs> what was the other thing I said about the, the crown? Oh, yeah. That's- the big stipulation for uh, Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. The winner is the king. That was the whole you wanted, you wanted to put Rick Boogs in a shark cage dressed as Elvis. <laughs> we do do serious discussions on SmackDown Brief. It just gets a bit off the rails after about oh. 15 minutes because it's a Friday. Uh, okay, question six. Three, one to Hamlet, if my math is correct here. Which diva was briefly The Rock's manager for his feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin in 2001? Was it Tristratus, Sable, Deborah, or Ivory? Nicholas, I don't know this. Did you already call it? No, you called it. Go on. No, I didn't know. No, go for it. Did you not say I thought you said Hamlet? No. No. What were the options again? Uh, which Dee was briefly the Rock's manager for his few Stone Cold Steve Austin in 2001? Tristra, as Sable, Deborah, or Ivory? Yeah, don't know this, but I feel like I remember someone, there's someone who had Deborah as their manager when they were up against Stone Cold. I'm going to go with Deborah. It is indeed. Sort of, to, because my memory of that is very vague, Hamlet, because they saw when. There's some stuff in there. In the, in the preview, in the, you know, the promo beforehand. Mm-hmm. They just sort of go, oh, yeah, yeah, Deborah's your manager briefly. And then she gets attacked. And then they go, how it was, pro- it was a lot more than that, wasn't it? In the build, people often forget that. About four weeks of Vince putting Deborah with The Rock to stir things up between him and Austin. Um, and then they realized people absolutely hated it because you sell Rock and Austin by saying it's The Rock versus Steve Austin. <laughs> and the version, if I'm not mistaken, the version of the, the famous and beloved My Way video that made the pay per view just edited that section of the story out completely. There's one you can find from like the Go Home Raw SmackDown where it's like, your manager's going to be Deborah. And it's like, get your hands off my wife. And then like on the night of WrestleMania itself, it's like, your manager's going to be just one. Where's she, where's she <laughs> Uh, right, next question. Question seven. Which of the following did The Rock never win the tag titles with? The Undertaker, Booker T, Mankind, or Chris Jericho? Humphrey. Nicholas. Ooh, go on. Uh, Booker T. It was Booker T. 
tag champion five times, three times with Mankind, once with The Undertaker, once with Chris Jericho. Point goes to Hamlet four, two after seven questions. Okay. Try and find a question that I know the answer to. Oh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I should have I should have known this actually because I checked over this quiz earlier. This isn't one of the questions that I'm going to ask you to. But the question was which McMahon was in the Rock's corner for WrestleMania 2000? Hamlet, the correct answer there is of course Vince McMahon. Yeah, the the, the one that it says yes on. Who's bloody editing these? Because it says Linda McMahon. I was like, fairly said she was quite integral to uh, you know Cactus Jack coming back. <laughs> but anyway, uh, next question: The Rock faced Triple H in what type of gimmick match? At Judgment Day 2000. Bollocks. Take, bollocks. Take, bollocks on a pole match. <laughs> <Bollocks> <laughs> on a, get your bollocks home, match. <laughs> bollocks in the shark kid. <laughs> just, just, no, this is getting out of hand. This quite literally. Um, oh, it's, it's, I can't remember to say if it was a, I feel like it was a clock, but I can't remember if that was a clock for the take for take out. Why would there be a clock for take He's not Jericho. Uh, Iron Man match. A way Iron Man match. Yeah, that sort of gets lost in all of it, isn't it? It's like they just yeah. decide, they get involved as a DQ and that just cans Triple H the, the match, basically, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, best match they ever had. Awesome, that. Well worth your 60 minutes. Better than Sean and Brett. Up. Is it better than John Cena versus Randy Orton in their Iron Man match? Jesus Christ, of course it is. <laughs> I remember that match from being a kid, like before I knew anything really about res- wrestling criticism or matches or anything. Just mm. loving that. Like, and obviously it helped because Undertaker turn up was kind of really exciting as well at the time. Despite the fact you were like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> like, you know, I love Brett and Sean and that, but like they realised that the best way to do an iron match was like have it go to about 15-8 or something like yeah. that. Just, like, <laughs> absolutely batter each other. Yeah. Triple H takes a DQ loss, battering him with a chair so to, he can pin him twice. Get, yeah. That's like... Well, that's genius, isn't it? Uh-huh. Makes sense. I, do, I distinctly remember that day when you were like, trying this article about how uh, Brett versus Sean's iron man match is actually crap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, eight questions in. 4-3 to Hamflet. All to play for. Final two questions here. What, according to this quiz at least, is the longest period The Rock has held the WWE title for? Is it 70 days, 119 days, 163 days, or 200? Nicholas, I don't know. I am just, I'd like to preface this before I answer them because of the hardest shots in the wind. 119, I think. Is correct. We go down to the final question here on the quiz. You'll never hear the end of this for me, but you've already won it. So just, you know, if you lose it now, it would be a real shame to throw it away, wouldn't it? No more years of hurt. (laughs) Final question. I'm going to double check this this question here, actually, um, before, before I ask it. Because I want to, I want to confirm that we are tied up at four all. I want to make sure that this is correct. Okay, right. Final question: If we don't include beyond the mat, because he's not really playing a role there, 
What was the name of The Rock's second theatrical release? Was it? Nicholas. Nicholas. Oh, if I pull this out without... I don't know why I've done this. I just thought I'd just throw a bit of caution to the wind because it's Friday <laughs> and let's get this over and done with. Drum roll, please. Walk and tall. <laughs> it's not, is it? Damn it. Walking tall is The Rock's fifth theatrical Ooh. release. Oh, did you not see a fifth? so it's over to you Hamlet. you either win or everyone goes home happy and it's a draw everybody wins you could just throw the whole thing and keep friendship but it's up to you can I have the name of the rocks second <laughs> theatrical release was it walking tall <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be that mate you should definitely go for that long shot the Scorpion King or Doom? Oh, oh. that's a nightmare because I was going to say I win heart. Um, I don't even heard of what was that? I heard the Scorpion King. What was it? Long shot. Long shot was the second option. Yeah, because you're wondering if it's a trick question. And did he like manage to sneak something? Did he manage to sneak something in before Scorpion King? Yeah, because I'm pretty. He did the Mummy Returns as like a cameo and they loved him so much they got him back for the Scorpion King. Um, so... I'll, go that, I'll go for that long shot as some sort of like cheap answer and he was like an extra or something. Long shot. Why do I feel like you should have just gone for the Scorpion King? Yeah, I really should have done that. Like, have you not just literally talked? You've just said you had a cameo in the Mummy Returns. I know. So he did the Scorpion King. Hamlet goes for the long shot and it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I hope Longshot's right, though. I really do. I want you to get a win. You know. I can tell you, his first theatrical release was, after Beyond the Mat again, The Mummy Returns. <laughs> his second theatrical release... Go on. Longshot. Was Longshot! Hey! Hey! Coming on! Where he it's played... Leaving, <laughs> he played the infamous role of... Mugger, <laughs> followed by uh, just to tidy things up here, followed by the Scorpion King, the rundown, walking tall, be cool, and then Doom all the way out in 2005. He's had a lot of movies, he's done a lot indeed. It's been busy, some of them, and yet, and yet, <laughs> there you go, and yet, Dave Batista's filmography. Is miles better. <laughs> miles better. Yeah. Do quite kind of like Skyscraper, though. That's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. Just I've never seen it. No. Just die hard, but over bigger bigger and numerous buildings, basically. He like runs across the train to get into a building where someone's kidnapped someone or some bollocks. Who knows? Um, but yeah, lots to look forward to over the next few years. Jungle Cruise, Free Guy, which I think is that new Ryan Reynolds one I saw. Uh, advertised. Is that the right one? It is. Yeah, that looks fantastic. Red Notice, DC's League of Super Pets, and Black Adam, of course. Very excited to see that. But that means, Hamlet, you win this week's quiz. And as a result, of course, it's coming home. Um, let us know how you got on and uh, take more quizzes. The, the, a lot of them are normally checked over a lot better. At what <laughs> <laughs> Honest, we do do work. 
honest. Yes. <laughs> Wait a second. Reginald Fairfield wrote this quiz. Aha! I see what the problem is. Uh, let us know your thoughts, though, uh, on everything we've discussed at What Culture WWE Watch. They can follow all three of us. Uh, you can follow Adam Nicholas at. It's Adam Nicholas, and you can follow Michael Hamflit and a really good podcast at Podcast Horseman. It's a Friday, and a brand new episode has dropped. And it's an episode 11 for you Bojack fans. And for you non Bojack fans, the episode 11s are the best ones. So jump in here and then work yourself backwards. And you can follow Adam Wilborn at. Adam Wilborn, follow Michael Hamplet as well, at Michael Hamplet on Twitter, of course. And yeah, subscribe to Podcast Horseman. Genuinely great podcast with these two boys on it. Um, they could talk about anything and it'd be entertaining, but talking about Podcast Horseman in particular is even better. Go and check that out uh, and subscribe. Uh, subscribe to us at What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. Of course, as I said, we're going to have the preview, proper, prolonged, intense, extended preview uh, for NXT TakeOver in your house tomorrow. And then on Sunday... Myself and Michael Sidgwick will be discussing whether you whether AEW's ranking system is a little bit broken. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling to get that though. And of course, next week uh, we'll be reviewing not only Dynamite but also NXT Takeover in your house. And uh, Phil and Gareth will be back tomorrow to review SmackDown, and and Simon will be there to do all the ups and downs on just all of the wrestling, basically. But for now, this has been Wrestle Culture. My thanks to Michael Hamper, to Adam Nicholas, to you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Wrestling. Rapadu. Wrestling fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.